You're listening to Ink Tank by Movable Ink, where we share the stories of incredible marketing leaders with new perspectives and strategies for taking on the ever-evolving digital landscape. My name is Allison Lindland, SVP of Strategy here at Movable Inc. On today's episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by Andrea Sareski, CMO Wealth Management at Morgan Stanley and E-Trade, to spotlight her approach to being a transformational leader. Andrea will be sharing her insights into her professional journey to become CMO and will give us a peek under the hood at the very busy 20 months she's had at E-Trade, where in spite of a multitude of market changes, she and her team have been able to pivot rapidly to meet the ever-shifting needs of today's financial services consumers. Welcome to Ink Tank, Andrea. Thank you, Allison. Thanks for having me. Yay. So to start off, can you walk us through your professional progression and how you came to be the CMO of E-Trade and Morgan Stanley Wealth Management? Yes, Allison, I'd be happy to. So I was actually a bit of a career changer. When I graduated college with an English major, I had every intention of being a journalist. So my one of my first jobs out of college was actually at the New York Times. And it was a fantastic place to work. Um, they have a rotational program there where I was able to experience working on desks like the Metro Desk, which covered New York City breaking news. I spent some time in the Sunday Magazine, uh, which was exciting. And in my last job there, it was on the business side of the paper, and I got to touch marketing. And I realized, you know, I really uh, enjoyed it. I had a, a strong affinity to it. And if you think about it, you know, what I loved about journalism is very translatable to marketing. It's all about what's the best headline to grab attention. You know, how do you use storytelling um, to share your point of view and, and, and drive influence? Uh, so it made a lot of sense to me. And I was encouraged by a great leader at the New York Times to go to business school. So I applied on a whim and ended up going to Columbia. And while at Columbia, I had, you know, the opportunity to uh, look for an internship. And I ended up at American Express, which is very purposeful because I really believe customer and marketing are at the center of all that they do in design. Had a great experience and went back for many, many, many years. And that's really where I grew up as a marketer. It was a great place to learn um, the skills, and it was also really a leadership academy. Mm-hmm. Um, after many years, I had always had a, a passion for retail. I spent a lot of time working with some of the big e-commerce players in my roles at American Express. So I jumped out and did a couple of stints in retail, um, including one at Sephora, which was uh, such an incredible experience to learn a different industry and uh, all about the world of, of premium beauty. Um, and that was fantastic. I had, I had the opportunity to uh, join E-Trade. And, you know, really financial services is in my DNA. I was a 15-year customer of E-Trade, so I loved it and wow. uh, had a lot of insight into uh, opportunity. Uh, so I accepted the opportunity to, to join E-Trade as CMO, which was really an aspiration. You know, what an incredible opportunity to work for a brand I loved, um, where I was a customer, and also to get the chance to do both brand and performance marketing. Mm-hmm. Which is such a unique combination, too. Yeah. Um, that storytelling piece is so interesting, especially when you think about journalism tying um, data together and sort of the investigative piece as well, and sort of always going back to your sources. Um, I, I see that Absolutely. so much just, just knowing you. So that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, um, so back to the present. Can you tell us about your mandate and the organization that you lead now? Sure, Absolutely. Um, so at E-Trade, my role has been to really be the steward of the brand and to, um, you know, and it's such an iconic brand and such a joy uh, to be able to lead given its history of iconic advertising. And it really has a role in pop culture. 
Um, and it's a challenger brand from, from its very beginning and its incredible story um, of being founded by two entrepreneurs who really wanted to democratize uh, trading. Back in, 19, in the early 1980s when E-Trade was formed, if you can believe it, you know, back then you had to call a stockbroker to execute a trade and you had to check for um, stock prices in a newspaper. Uh, and these two guys had this great idea. They met at a party and they had the idea to, could you use one of these new personal computers to do trading in your own living room? And so they had this, you know, germ of idea. They decided to partner um, and E-Trade was born. And the very first trade was actually executed from uh, the home of a dentist in Michigan. Wow. So it's, it's such a fantastic, uh, incredible challenger brand to be a part of. And, you know, my job is to continue to uh, promote it and help um, really help consumers get off the bench. Our, our brand purpose and mission is very simple. It's to um, help, you know, make sure consumers know they can take charge and, and proactively manage their finances and uh, take, you know, that active role. So that's been incredible. Um, in addition to all the brand work, the advertising, you know, ensuring that we continue to drive great awareness of the brand consideration and, and drive new customers and deeper relationships with existing customers. You know, a lot of uh, the work over the last year has been integrating with Morgan Stanley, which mm -hmm. you mentioned. Uh, so that's that's been a lot of fun. Very different brands, both with very storied backgrounds and, and occupying, you know, each a distinct place in, in consumers' minds. So we've been working on that, uh, which will be, you know, I think really exciting um, as we bring these brands together so that, you know, if you think about it, customers are going to have such a, such a wider full service offering now with Morgan Stanley, um, you know, with E-Trade being part of Morgan Stanley. So we're very excited to, to see how we bring those, those firms and that consumer offering together. For sure. I think, um, I'm sure both organizations have a lot to learn from each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned your your time at Amex and also being so deliberate about going there after um, business school. And I also was an intern yeah. there um, and was so yeah. excited to go there because I felt like it was this finishing school. Um, and um, this was a question that I was actually asked in your 2020 kickoff, which feels like 100 years ago. But why do so many great <laughs> marketers come out of Amex? It's such a great question, and I and I receive it a lot. I think that uh, it's such an incredible company. It really does put the customer at the center, which is really you know, um, you know, the bones of an amazing marketer is to put the customer first and really understand the the consumer insights and and build strategies around you know customer needs and delivering and exceeding expectations. Um, so I think it really you know it's ingrained in you as mm -hmm. an employee at American Express uh, to care deeply about the customer. Um, and it's just you know. I think American Express gives you challenges early in your career, leadership opportunity, ability to have a seat and a voice at the table and drive impact. Um, so I think it's just, you know, a fantastic, as you said, a marketing or leadership academy and has produced many, many great marketers, um, which I have been fortunate enough to work for at one time and, and stay in touch with and, and see all the great um, work that they're driving in the industry and, and uh, what all the work they're doing for customers. Yeah, it's incredible to see the sort of uh, MX network effect across not just financial services, but like every industry, like if you could sort of like look it up, you know, it's just they're everywhere. Yeah. It's great. Uh, what was really your... special? I mean, really special place. Yeah. And really special relationships, too. Um, yeah. What was your favorite role at MX? Well, that's a tough question. Allison. <laughs> um, I had so many favorites. And what I say is, you know, what's great about American Express is you really uh, get to move around a bit. Mm -hmm. So I would say every. Every few years, I had a, an exciting new opportunity, um, got to continue to learn and grow um, with, you know, new areas of focus, you know, new network, 
and I got to bring my learnings with me, which I think is a great model for a company. Um, so I think I, I found joy in, and uh, loved many things about many of the roles. I'd say my last two were probably at the top. Um, one role was a very unusual experience and opportunity in American Express, which was to be part of an organization called the Digital Partnerships and Development mm -hmm. Team. And the real mandate of that team um, was to really help evolve perceptions of American Express as your father's credit card. Mm -hmm. American Express really is so much more, uh, we wanted it to be seen um, as desirable with a younger segment. And so we did you know, great work, including looking at the data to see where are our younger customers spending time. And at that time was an incredible explosion. It was the you know, beginning of Uber, Airbnb, social media, Facebook, Twitter. So we were able to form relationships um, deep in those companies in those early days before they were unicorns and create incredible value for customers based on what we both um, knew about our joint customers. So I was part of that team for, I'd say, about three years and got to do all the marketing of those exciting partnerships, um, whether it was helping Uber with its first loyalty program and Airbnb, um, creating commerce and uh, community with Facebook and Twitter. Uh, so such an incredible opportunity to, to be really be on the cutting edge and uh, where the puck was going and uh, work with you know, some incredible entrepreneurs and visionaries. I also loved my very last role in American Express, which was running customer marketing for the U.S. Consumer Division, which was everything from how we onboard our newest customers to make sure they have a great experience, which we know will, will help with their you know, long-term relationship with American Express, working across all of the products and services, um, using data to be really relevant, personalized customers. And I think that's where I did a lot of work with Movable Inc., mm -hmm. um, which makes a lot of sense uh, in delivering that vision. So that was, that was a really great experience, opportunity to work with incredible people and um, really see impact um, with what we're able to do on behalf of customers. Amazing. And you, you did so many incredible sort of um, like watershed programs in those two jobs, it was amazing to see how quickly uh, your teams moved. I mean, there was truly a lot of companies will say that they've got like startups within big Fortune 500 companies, but yeah, these were yeah. truly um, moving. You know, and we work with a lot of startups. These were moving like big tech companies move. You know, it was very oh, impressive. So exciting. That's so, right. Yeah, we had to show that we could be as agile as these incredible tech startups. Yeah. So it really challenged us and how we worked and, and we really learned how to work differently and be much more flexible and, and agile and um, which was great, a great thing for the whole company to, to see that it could do. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned you were first introduced to MoveLink at Amex in those roles. Can you recall yeah. how we were introduced to you and what the problem that we were brought into yes, solve I was? Yes, I can. Um, I, had, I was um, asked to lead a really exciting initiative, which was to activate and amplify Amex's ability to be really a two-sided marketplace with consumers and merchants. We wanted to deliver a brand new program to the marketplace, which we named Amex Offers, which was working with our incredible array of merchant partners to come up with valuable offers um, for our American Express card members. And we needed a way to tell that story to consumers and be able to populate really the right offer for the right customer. And we were looking for uh, a company we could partner with that would help us deliver that real dynamic vision of, you know, right set of offers for right customer and also, um, you know, done in a really elegant and uh, captivating way. So I worked with you guys to put together that email and also that landing page experience to really bring this like personalized offer program to life, which was really a first of its kind um, back in the day. But it was, it was, you know, an incredible use of data dynamic capabilities, real time, 
And I remember um, just being able to build that was, was so exciting. And I think, you know, scaling it, personalization at scale was, I think, uh, the beauty of the work that we did together on that program. So you mentioned um, you were in business school when you found Amex. Um, can you talk about how essential you think it is for today's sort of full stack MBAs or CMOs to have that MBA to really uh, thrive in their roles? It's a great question, Allison. I want to know your view on this too. Um, <laughs> I would say everyone's different and I think there's no rules. So for me as an individual, as an English major who didn't have a business background, mm -hmm. I literally didn't use Excel or PowerPoint. Well, I went to business school. I was, uh, you know, for me, it was really essential for me to get all of the economics classes, mm -hmm. all of the finance classes, for me to really round out my liberal arts degree with solid business skills. What I'd also say business school offered me, in addition to all the business, you know, know-how, um, was leadership. They, you mm -hmm. know, a lot of the, the great business schools just do such a, an amazing job with their leadership curriculum and high-performance leadership. I remember was such a, was a favorite class I took. You know, just having both of those um, sets of, of skills and experiences, as well as the network, um, who I can call on today um, as I move from company to company, I can find alumni who also graduated, who had a common experience. It's given me so much. But if you were a business uh, major under, undergrad, it may not be as valuable for you. Um, so I think it's really an individualized uh, decision. For me, it certainly was critical. I think you're spot on. What about you? What do you think? No, I, I, what, what totally, do you think? I totally agree. I was the exact yeah. same. I was a liberal arts major. Um, I didn't know yeah. that Excel existed um, and I got <laughs> my money's worth and then some. And I think high performance leadership, wasn't that Michael Feiner's class? Where oh, yeah, spent, from, who is the CHR of Pepsi, right? Was, yeah. What a great class. He's a legend. I still think about it. Oh, I, he's yeah. um, absolutely a personal hero of mine and I'm lucky to keep in touch with him. Um, and he's oh, a huge great. mentor of mine, but uh, that, you know, the people and the professors that you met um, are the yeah. people are the ones that made the huge difference for me, I think at the end, because you can learn a lot of this now online through different courses and things, but for sure. um, the, for the network sure. is, is I think the catalyst and what's worth taking the time out of your career. Um, and obviously there's other ways absolutely. you can do it, um, but it's, um, yeah, and it's you also like don't, you well. can go part time. You can go part time, exactly. and a lot of companies will help fund it, which is great. My first year of business school, I actually did have some sponsorship from the company I was working at. I continued to work part time for year one. So there's all kinds of arrangements that can help you afford it if you feel it's right for you. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think it's it's about finding that mix for yourself. So yeah, yeah. Um, so now you're so busy. How do you stay current and renew yourself? What are you reading and listening to to sort of continue to learn and evolve? Great question. I, I think with each role I take, and and depending on like the sector or vertical I'm in, I think I find a couple of things that really help me yeah, educate me and and stay current. For brokerage for the E Trade role, I found. Um, a great thing called Morning Brew, which yes. is a subscription-based e-newsletter. Yeah. And I don't know if it, it's fantastic. It's had tremendous growth over last year with, yeah. um, you know, trading being at record levels and just mm -hmm. the industry exploding. But, every, you know, every day you kind of get an, uh, a quick summary of what's going on, very bite-sized and understandable. So that was really a critical one for me as I was getting my feet wet in this uh, different area of financial services. I definitely um, stay current with, you know, industry, marketing industry, publications, I love reading about what's going on with um, all the other brands in terms of their strategies in a year like this, where all brands really had to pivot based on the pandemic. 
social justice. It's really helpful to see how other companies are, are tackling some of those challenges. And I learn a lot through that. Um, I'm, I'm part of some industry associations where I also get some best practices. And then, you know, I'm a, I'm a voracious uh, reader of pop culture, I will admit. And that's also how I stay current. I love it all. Um, you know, whether it's silly stuff or serious stuff, uh, I'm, I'm watching and binging everything. I'm reading anytime I get a chance. I'm reading, you know, all the great books. Uh, so, you know, it's really important for me for inspiration mm-hmm. um, to keep, keep my hands in many, in many pots. But that's important because you have a broad mandate yeah. and pop culture informs, I'm sure, a lot of that work. Yes, for sure. And then, you know, depending on the business, you know, going deep in, in that particular business with, you know, the right books, the right, the right publications, there's so much out there. It's an incredible amount of content. It can be overwhelming, but finding what works for you and sticking with it and, mm-hmm. and getting joy. Podcasts are now a big part of uh, my day. Morgan Stanley has some fantastic podcasts. Oh, awesome. So I'm listening to those to stay current on the market mm-hmm. and, you know, sort of economist point of view, sustainability uh, is a huge value for Morgan Stanley. And it's, there's a fantastic um, sustainability podcast that you can hear. Uh, so there's so much, so much great stuff, very stimulating. So from a marketing standpoint, whose marketing is really inspiring you right now? So many brands are inspiring me right now. I could do a whole, a whole podcast on that. Um, but I think with streaming, you're able to get exposed to so many, uh, ver- such a variety of brand uh, messages and spots, shorter form video. I'm really loving what I'm seeing from Airbnb and Etsy right now. Um, with Airbnb, I think I think the messages instead of you know get away from it all, get away to it all, and they're showing how you know travel is, can really be you know such an incredible experience. They're, they're very emotional and heartfelt spots. And then with Etsy, I think they've really found their distinctive purpose. Um, you know, why buy boring? You know, really celebrating the DIY and unique. Um, attributes of what you can find on Etsy. So I think both of those companies have really captured their their essence very, very beautifully. And I'm enjoying that work right now. Of course. And also Ryan Scott, their CMO is another uh, Amex alum as well. Yes. Yes. That's true. A lot of uh, Amex alums in Etsy. Yes, sure. exactly. Like Rain is. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Josh. Yes. And Josh, of course. Yeah. Um, Who we did Amex offers with, by the way, Josh was really um, the visionary behind the Amex offers program and was so delighted at the time with um, that email and and all the dynamic work we did to support it. So we're like an early champion of this personalized strategy that we're able to unveil. Amazing. Um, And just down the road from me in Brooklyn right now. So um, amazing. (laughs) Um, So going back to E-Trade, you joined a very busy 20 months ago, um, yeah. which feels like, again, a decade ago. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty nuts to think about all of the milestones that you've led them through, you know, starting with the acquisition, the pricing model change, and then, of course, COVID. Um, but you had also been through some pretty tumultuous uh, milestones in your career with the Toys R Us bankruptcy. How have mm-hmm. these experiences, these sort of very unexpected experiences changed your leadership style? Um, so in so many ways, I think going through something like the bankruptcy really gives you perspective, um, you know, and it's sort of wisdom and maturity, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, so that you can weather future storms. You know, I think that was uh, epic uh, in terms of, you know, what, what, a, what a nightmare to go through. And, and my heart really goes out to the people who worked there for up to 40 years mm-hmm. and uh, what they were left with. So that was, you know, incredibly upsetting to go through. But I think some of the lessons it taught me were how do you lead when your back's against the wall? How do you inspire and motivate? If you remember, we did think we were going to emerge from bankruptcy mm-hmm. when we initially filed. So really had to keep motivated to deliver on a new strategy 
um, with a turnaround team, a whole new area of growth. Um, and you were part of that. Yeah. Uh, as move and you were, we were us. delivering some great things together. Yeah. Amazing work together. I mean, think what an iconic brand toys are, totally. you know, what a storied history, what a place that really occupies in, in all of our hearts and minds, mm-hmm. um, you know, as children with children. I really believed, you know, there, there was a future for, for the brand. Unfortunately, we just ran out of time. Yeah. But I think what you learn is, you know, how do you inspire and motivate when you, when really the, the chips are down? It's much harder than when things are going well at sure. some of the other companies that I've worked at. You know, it's, it's much richer, you know, leadership lesson. And then I think, you know, seeing that you, you will survive and you can get through really hard times, I think gives you the confidence to, to weather future storms. Um, so that, that certainly has helped shape my perspective uh, for, for future, future things. Um, so it's been a very valuable lesson for me, for sure, while very devastating. Yeah, definitely. Um, since its origin, you, ma- you mentioned, um, you know, E-Trade's always been this disruptor and uh, pioneer in bridge. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a very competitive space, um, but you've always really prioritized innovation and technology to solve for customer pain points and the customer experience. Can you share how Absolutely. you're leveraging MarTech in general for the customer experience? Because obviously you know, now it's an arms yeah. race for the customer experience. I think that's so true. Um, I think, you know, you, best brands will differentiate themselves based on the, the personalized um, and incredible experience they can deliver. I think customers really value that and will remember that. And it, and it makes all the difference in choosing and staying with a brand. Um, I think a great example of work we've done recently where I think we really were able to provide a valuable tool to our clients was the 2020 year review um, email summary campaign. Um, this is the type of work uh, I had done previously with you at other companies and what a, you know, incredible experience to deliver it to E-Trade customers. What we did with that specific work is for the very first time, we were able to share with customers a really rich, robust, personalized summary of the year they had. And 2020 was what a year uh, in the market. Oh, yeah. And of course, in, in every way in the economy and, uh, you know, socially and, and with customers. So what a great um, thing to be able to provide. We were able to show everything from account performance on a very personalized way, um, contributions, number of trades, and what a year for trades, right? Record-breaking yeah. uh, trading happening, you know, dividends earned. And, you know, what I really love is we provided customers with a checklist so that they could get the most out of their relationship with E-Trade, you know, and I think that was a really smart and clever way the team came up with, with your team, to serve up some assets we think customers were leaving on the table, mm-hmm. you know, some value that maybe they didn't know about. So with that checklist, they're able to see what have they taken advantage of and what's yet to be uh, used or, or leveraged. And, you know, I thought that was a really, really effective way of showing them all that they could do with E-Trade to help them manage their, their finances and perfectly connecting to our brand purpose and mission uh, to get customers to proactively take charge and, and really drive their financial health and future. So I thought this uh, campaign was phenomenal. It'll serve as the foundation for many more personalized summaries that we can deliver to help be that real partner to our customers as they navigate their, their financial lives. I absolutely love it. The metrics were through the roof in terms of engagement, um, what we're seeing from a behavior standpoint with customers who've interacted with it. So, it, you know, what, such a huge win. And, and thank you so much for the partnership on that. Oh, and you got some great industry recognition. You won the Tearsheet Award for Best Use of Data, yeah. which is so exciting to yeah. get that industry call So exciting. Out. Yeah. And we were so honored and, and humbled. Uh, you know, team was so thrilled. And, uh, you know, what a great, great, great win. And then we've done, you know, so many other projects with you guys to help bring to life, I think, another favorite of mine. You know, retirement season is so important mm-hmm. uh, for our business and for our customers. And we want to make sure that they're doing everything they need to do in terms of contributions for those IRAs. So we developed with you 
and we did it in mobile for the first time in app messaging. We know our customers are incredibly digital. They love our mobile app. That's where they're spending time. So we're able to do this, this new dynamic um, partnership by serving up and letting our customers know how much um, they've contributed and how much they have left to contribute and by what date to make sure that they were maximizing uh, the contribution with their art raise. We're able to serve that up in many channels. Um, most excited about mobile. And we saw, again, like a huge engagement with that uh, translation to behavior and actual contribution levels. So another fantastic use of dynamic capabilities really uh, positively impacting customers' lives. Amazing. Um, and I know yeah, I love those. cross-channel has been really important um, goal for you guys this year because you know consumers yeah. are constantly um, just as new channels are being stood up, they're just evolving. Um, how are you guys pivoting your strategy in general to sort of meet consumers where they go next? Yeah, it's incredibly important to us. Um, you know, a lot of our customers, as I said, like digital is huge, particularly as we're bringing so many, so many younger uh, mm -hmm. investors. Um, but they also like the versatility because sometimes people want to trade on the big screen, so mm -hmm. on the desktop. So for us, it's making sure that we're reinforcing key messaging in all of the channels in which our, our customers interact with us um, so that they that we a get make sure the message breaks through. We get the reinforcement, which is so key, and they have like a really seamless, consistent experience. So for us, it's really important to carry it across since customers are interacting with us in different ways, depending on the day and what they're doing from a trading or investing perspective. Um, so, so, so thrilled that we're able to break new ground uh, in terms of mobile and app. That was really important this, this past year and will continue to be. Awesome. So, you know, obviously you guys have a really cutting edge MarTech stack. How do you decide uh, when to buy and when to build? Such a good question. And it's been important in all of my recent companies, whether it's, you know, the, the years I spent at Amex and what we built there, um, a lot of the work at Sephora and now um, at E-Trade and Morgan Stanley. So I think, you know, it really depends on the, on the business objectives versus buy debate. I think some of the considerations are speed, mm -hmm. you know, how fast you want to get to market. And that sometimes can dictate, you know, which, which option you go with. Um, sometimes it's cost. Um, sometimes it's uh, proof of concept, how much functionality and how many features do you need for that initial MVP uh, mm -hmm. pilot? You know, can you live without? And like, how, how basic can you go to get the learnings and insight you need to maybe make a bigger business case for a larger investment. Um, so I think it's, it's really taking all those considerations into account, the maturity of your, mar your current stack, uh, the availability in the tech roadmap, all of those factors are important. But I'd say, you know, being open and flexible. I like a hybrid model of buy mm -hmm. versus build. I sure, found that to be sure. most effective in each of my companies. There's things that you can, you know, you're going to do well, but there's sometimes, you know, partnership that is needed um, where you really want to get the expertise quickly and uh, can really get a lot out of a partner's, um, you know, offering versus trying to build your own. So I think you really have to be flexible and uh, figure out what matters most. So how do you then get the most out of a partner? Oh, such a great question. So I think, you know, our, we've been successful um, as partners in so many companies because I really, you know, treat and believe Mobile Inc. is my partner, not like a vendor. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you know, what's been great is you guys have been there at the beginning, no matter which company I'm in and, and what the partnership is from the beginning with planning as a fully functioning member of the team. Um, I think we've been able to craft goals together, um, create, co-create amazing things together. Um, I never would come to you at the end and ask you to, to provide something. I want you to help develop it throughout from the beginning to the end, full, full strategy full strategic partner. 
I think that's been, been really um, important in making sure that we have a really successful partnership. You know, I feel the Move Blank team is an extension of my team. And that's, um, you know, how I, I, th- I think, you know, we always want to treat uh, and, and honor you guys in that way. And I think it produces much better work. I really do feel like it's one full team with one, one shared mutual goal um, and so much creativity and innovation in the room when we all get together, even when it's on Zoom. <laughs> yes. Which it's had to be. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, yeah, just an extension of our team. And I think that's the way for, for any partner um, to get the most out of them is, is to bring them in to all the critical meetings, be open and transparent, give, give the partner and you guys specifically all the visibility you need to, mm-hmm. to be successful at our joint endeavor. No, thank you. And I mean, you'd be surprised at, uh, how often you do get pulled in at the finish line. And it's hard to, uh, yeah. to, you know, you can't go back in time uh, and like, in fact, requirements, you know, um, but 100%. Uh, it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, but that trust is, you know, you, you really treasure it. And um, it, it makes a massive, massive difference, even just to the team members who know that they're being given this trust and then they have the chance to rise yeah. to the occasion, you know, so. That's right. Absolutely. Matters. Absolutely. And then I think you guys have been such great partners at helping us influence when the concept of a move blink is new in a company. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you help author and influence, you know, the, the roadshow and socialization sure. of the opportunity that has to take place? You know, I've always brought you in as a full partner on that. And it's been really, really uh, helpful in getting uh, executive buy-in for the partnership and the work. I mean, you guys paint such an incredible picture of the opportunity and potential for any, any initiative. So uh, really value the partnership. Thank you. We always joke. It's, it's never the technology. It's the, the, the anxiety about the change management. That's, you know, going to take the longest, right? 100%. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so you own such a broad array of channels, you know, from brand, which you mentioned before, where you're working on high profile things like the Super Bowl, which you guys are back oh, at no in a very big way. Yeah. You're amazing yeah. ad with so the little fun. boy, which is such an adorable big hit. Um, yeah. Worked out. Yes. Major success um, to things like performance marketing, which is a very, very important workforce. Um, and often Absolutely. these, you know, are pitted against each other, right? And that's a miss because they can often have a really nice flywheel effect when they're working in concert together. So, Absolutely. how do you, especially in a time of tremendous change, you know, like even COVID aside with the acquisition, how do you make sure that those teams are fully aligned and not competing for resources and budget? You know, I, I'd say it, it took me time to figure it out, but some good lessons I learned in American Express was the notion of a CAT, a collaborative agency team. And what that means is that your brand and media folks and creative folks all get together in a room with all of their agencies and you work together in crafting the vision, the strategy, and the planning. So everyone has a seat at the table and you feel like one team, not a bunch of silo mm-hmm. teams that are in opposition to one another. I have taken that model forward in each of the companies and particularly um, now with what we did over the past year with E-Trade, you know, brand and media um, are equally driving and, and co-creating our strategy. And we bring in our requisite agencies um, to the table so that we can really, you know, make sure that what we're doing is hugely coordinated uh, you know, we were able to maximize every opportunity and we have everyone's creative voice and expertise at the table driving the strategy. So I really try to function, try to bring these groups together as one team, internal and external, and we see such a better product. Um, I think, you know, and, and really think through a lot of innovation and experimentation. I think with everything, it's really important. We always try to do something new or breakthrough with each campaign 
you know, what's, what's new, one new element that we could add based on what we're seeing happening in the marketplace, some new trends that are taking off um, and having, you know, our, our teams and our agency partners together, we're able really to craft that magic in a much bigger and, and uh, more profound way. Awesome. What was it like shooting a Super Bowl ad in the midst of Virtual. COVID? Yeah. Um, it, it, it was uh, something, you know, I'd say one of the, the uh, lemonade, if you, I guess you can make lemon your lemonade, that saying. One of the lemonade is that we were able to involve so many more people from the team that normally are allowed to go on a shoot, right? You can only yeah. take so many people to a shoot. Mm-hmm. By, by having the shoot be virtual, we were able to include oh. so many more people from Yay. the team and agency yeah. so that they could feel included. They could give direction. Yeah. Um, and I really do think it, we were able to produce much better work based on that diverse slate of perspectives that mm-hmm. were, were really part of things. So that was great. Um, but we did shoot all of our, you know, all of our work, including the Super Bowl work in a, in a highly controlled, safe setting. Sure. There were a lot of limitations. Um, you know, I think some of the work we did last year, we shot real families uh-huh. to ensure that they were uh-huh. safe. And, and yeah. uh, that was a, a new thing. And by the way, that looked so much more authentic mm-hmm. um, when it wasn't acting and having yeah. real, real parents and children or family members together was, was awesome. I think there was kind of magic there. Okay. Um, but, you know, we, you know, I think We've figured out how to do it. We've been able to adapt. I'm so proud of the team. They, they really, you know, embrace all these challenges and, and this change seamlessly. Um, you know, I, and I think the work is great. And now as we start to get a little bit more in person, you know, I think we'll, we'll maintain some of those valuable lessons of, of the pandemic, which is bringing more people on virtually, letting more people be exposed and, and part of things. Uh, so I think there's some, some good things to bring forward from that, that very rough time as sure. we move into this new, new future together. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as you think about that time period, you know, I guess it's been almost two years, you know, um, and how prolific your team has been, um, you know, what has been the North Star uh, that's been able to help you guys be so prolific throughout all of this? I think just, you know, uh, the focus on the customer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how much research we did during Mm -hmm. when we, we had a giant new campaign ready to go the week of the pan- the week the pandemic broke no. we were going to debut at march madness no and days before march madness if you remember oh. that is when like they, they had to close yes. the plug in the world really shut yeah. down um so we had to take that work we had to go back oh. out to customers and say can, can we be funny right now you know each yeah. is, is irreverent and witty yeah. will that land well you know yeah. what is the consumer's appetite and what we heard is because e-trade is authentically e-trade um we have license to be funny mm-hmm. and consumers were looking for levity We'd had to make a couple of tweaks given the sensitivity of the time, but we were able to update the work. And then we went back out with it uh, during the NFL virtual draft. Oh, we decided to debut it then. We knew it was like the first real sports related event that uh-huh. was happening. And we thought that it might, we had like an inkling that it might be a hit because people love to see inside the homes of owners, sometimes both. Um, so we, just, we thought there would be a lot of attention. And then it's what a heartwarming story to see these athletes get, you know, the calls of their lives and, and yeah. get, you know, onto these teams. So yeah. we decided to debut the work in all three days of a virtual draft the next month. And it turned out really well, but we wouldn't have gotten there without rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds of consumer feedback and insights. So I think staying close to the customer through all of these ups and downs and twists and turns has, has been really important for us. And we'll continue to do that. And then just focusing on each other and taking care of each other mm-hmm. um, as a team, I think has really uh, also been a lot of uh, the success of the team. It's just being understanding, being empathetic, what an incredible time. The parents of the young children, such yeah. heroes, right? The working parents who are doing it all with no help. Yeah. Um, so I think being really sensitive, empathetic, understanding was also very helpful in, in producing, you know, first of all, just great, a great, happy team 
um, but beautiful work as well. And, and you have like an exceptionally talented, like lovely, hardworking, like yes. just incredibly nice people on your team. Um, every Very single fortunate. Them, so. I see you. I see you. Oh. No, thank you. Thank and you. I think you've been leading a lot of the same way, Allison. Um, I see it. Um, and I think it's really made all the difference for sure. And being able to do things together, like this incredible year on summary done completely virtually. Yes. Um, yeah. Being able to work together so, so well, because I think everyone felt very supported during this time. Yeah. Awesome. No, I mean, it's a scary time to take risks. Um, so I yeah. think people need to feel like they're, um, you know, in a really safe space, you know, virtually, cause we're just living in, I joke, it's like an advent calendar of zoom, right? Like just these little zoom, <laughs> zoom windows, you know, your whole life is just like these yeah. little zoom, zoom windows. So I love um, that. That yeah. is very funny. When, so, when is the uh, advent calendar wrapping up? What day? <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I'm hoping I'm going to put a pin on like Labor Day. You know, we're I'm just going to okay. show up in the like office. That. You know, but yeah, we'll a see. lot of return to work yeah. in September for sure. Exactly. Lot happening across the industry. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm hoping to go to um, Money 2020 in Vegas, like in. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah, I know. That's we'll amazing. see. I hope so too. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, you and me together. We'll go to Celine. Yes. Exactly. I know. I'm so ready for just like a mediocre conference in Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, and like a very, and a night alone in the hotel. Exactly. A king bed. (laughs) Just like, but it's business critical, of course, as per what I need to get out of my family obligations. (laughs) So, a little diversity of uh, surroundings would be just nice. mix it up please true. let's just mix inspirational. it up inspirational inspirational exactly. yeah and no shaking hands of course but it'll be great um a lot of elbow bumps <laughs> in, so um so you've been um using movable link you mentioned since for almost like yeah. basically the better part of a day every company it's amazing yeah. um and you know we've had a lot of clients come on board during covid as you can imagine especially oh yeah the production processes and solving the content bottleneck with, you know, the personalization imperative being more and more important than ever. Um, do you have any tips um, for clients who are in their first year with Movable Inc. to get the most out of the partnership? Buckle up. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> but I would say, you know, I think, look, it's, it's Zoom for now, in person later, but I think those early meetings are really critical to share information. I remember we, we, we did, we thought, you know, as much as we can put in, we'll be as much as we get out. So we spent a lot of time creating those introductory mm-hmm. onboarding decks for our partners at MoveLink to really understand our business, our goals, what success looks like so that MoveLink can do their best work in innovating and, and coming up with, you know, incredible breakthrough personalization concepts. So I think as much as you can put into that early onboarding, it's, it's so helpful in getting the MoveLink partners up to speed so they can produce their best work. So I would, I would spend time on that. And then, you know, I think setting up an ongoing cadence of sharing of progress so that people can weigh in um, and uh, really chart, chart the work as it gets developed is really critical. So getting into some, I remember we set up at some of my companies, really good ongoing cadence of meetings. So everyone was in the know, up to speed on on where we're going and decisions could be made in the room Mm -hmm. and didn't need follow-up. I think we required like every decision we need to make, we're going to make it in this room and we're not going to leave till we make decisions. I think that's some of what helps so that there's not like lingering mm-hmm. offline conversations and follow-up emails. Try to get as much as, as you can get done in those working sessions um, and you'll be able to move a lot, a lot more quickly. Um, but yeah, I think just, you know, invest the time and you'll get dividends and, and returns 
feedback. Amazing. But that discovery piece is so critical. We say huge. Send us what you're sending to your new team members and, you know, we'll, we'll really go through it. This is not, you know, some, um, you know, and I think not... what was, I remember like, sorry to interrupt. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember what I was so impressed with is, you know, what you have to remember is Movelink is coming out with a whole fresh perspective. You've been like dealing with your own business challenges. You've been into like your, your world, your little insular world with your team. The broad perspective that the Movelink team can bring to the table based on their work with other verticals, other industries. Um, you guys gave us such new ways to look at solutions that we hadn't thought of ourselves. Um, and if we hadn't done that upfront discovery, I don't think, you know, it would have been expected, but, you know, allow for that, that, you know, info share back to us, uh, back to the partner. Um, I think that was really valuable. Just all that external knowledge, external know-how and how it can really feed and, and impact the work was, was so uh, important and, and helpful. Awesome. I mean, without the discovery, we can sort of take a guess at what your problems are, but you know, I mean, it's really going to be like what came with the frame, you know, yeah. it's not going to be half or like a basis point as valuable as if you like really share and then we can get yeah. out of business. So. Um, oh, I have one more tip. Yes. I think like it can be overwhelming and there's so much potential opportunity. Pick three things, just pick like the top three things to work yes. on together and you'll hit them out of the park and you'll get the organization's confidence to do more. I think like, don't overcomplicate it. Pick two things. Yeah, and do them really, really well together, and then you'll have like quick wins and a fact base to um, yeah. get everyone excited and on board. Any organization, totally, because it is a very sort of vexingly broad platform. You can do a lot with it, and we yeah. can probably overwhelm you in a sales process with all the things we could do with it. So let's focus. Your top two, go for your top yeah. two together. I love it. I love it. Um, these are excellent ideas. So as we think about. Uh, going to conferences in Vegas and going back into the office in September. And yeah. on your end, as the sort of acquisition ends its final stages and now your your role uh, is expanded, what are you most excited about uh, as the world reopens? I am excited about so many things, Allison. I have started to go back to the office, which has been really, really wonderful. Um, to be able to see colleagues I haven't seen in over a year, to meet new colleagues from Morgan Stanley, who I've only been on Zoom with for the whole year and a half plus of the deal and integration. It's just been great. You know, human contact is, uh, you know, you'll, you'll remember. It's oh, really so amazing. And, and the bonding relationship build is, is so much richer, in, you know, when you can get together in person. So really thrilled for the human element. Um, and just, you know, excited to be able to partake in all the freedoms that we had probably taken advantage of prior. Um, just super excited for all that's to come and, and particularly for our customers, you know, everything we can do to delight them coming up with the broader offering between the firm. Amazing. I mean, it sounds like you're going to be incredibly busy, um, but how just so invigorating this is all going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're just going to have a lot, <laughs> a lot to. Uh, I look forward to our, yeah. our first in-person meeting with the I know. Let's get I know. that on the calendar. I can't wait. I can't wait. Back to school version. We'd love yeah, that. It'd be great. We'd love that. So amazing. Uh, well, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your story and sort of uh, under the hood of all the great things that uh, you've been leading over the past 20 months. And you have to come back. I think, you know, Absolutely. a year or so and share the kind of, uh, you know, phase two of all the things you've done Definitely. once you uh, get started with your new role. Thank you, Allison. And thank you so much for having me and for all your partnership. Oh, our pleasure.